0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Paid in Full podcast. I'm your host, Joe Roush, and this is episode number 11. Guys, thank you so much. I want to shout you guys out because I just reached over a thousand downloads of this podcast. So thank you guys for listening. You guys are amazing. You know, it's a it's a little milestone for me when I started this podcast. It really was just a way to, uh, you know, bring more education into our music community so um, I didn't really have much, you know, expectations with this. You know, I, I just had the philosophy of like, look, if I could help a person here, a person there, and uh, just create a platform where I can share some of this education and some of my experiences through the music industry and and help those out there, then I'm doing my part to give back to a, a community and an industry that has done so much and given so much to me. So Thank you guys for listening. You inspired me to keep doing this and I'm going to do it till the wheels fall off here. So let's, let's keep it going. Um, so today we're going to talk about music publishing companies, why they're so important, what they do, and why you need to have a music publishing company or administration service uh, representing your catalog if you are a songwriter or someone who owns a catalog or uh, the rights to the musical compositions. Now, just to recap, we've been talking a lot about royalties and I've been Using the style of education to basically kind of uh, show a big picture of the industry of different aspects of it, but without going too deep into any one topic. And the reason why I like to kind of educate in this way is I just believe if you have a really clear view of the big picture, we can always scale back and dive deeper into any one topic and get more advanced with that. But if we start to do that too early, it just gets really confusing. So hopefully uh, this will help You know, the topic today. It'll help you guys shape some of these ideas, some of these terms you've been hearing, some of the terminology, the, the word publishing, and really open that side of it up where all this is gonna make a lot more sense. So hopefully um, it's been helpful and uh, let's continue to do that. And I promise you guys in later episodes, I will drag you, to the depths of all these topics and we're gonna get super granular down the line and really advanced with this stuff. But for now, let's just continue our overview so we get a good foundation and uh, understanding of this stuff. So, also, I wanted to comment real quickly. I've been getting tons of great questions, and you guys are awesome. You're, I see the way your minds are working. You're putting these pieces together. So, please keep asking questions. Reach out to me. DM uh, if you haven't yet. Follow me on Instagram. That's where most of my content is for this stuff. It's at Pod. You can follow me there. i am also been opening up the Twitter lane. So, if you're more of a Twitter person, you can find us there, too. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast with people. Take the knowledge you're you're learning and educate others. That's always such a great way to enforce uh, what you know um, and get real comfortable with it by sharing it with other people. So I encourage you guys all to do that. But one thing I wanted to to bring up was a lot of uh, independent artists and songwriters have been reaching out to me recently. And, uh, you know, I know the struggle is real and there's such a gap with the education in this music industry, especially like if you go online, there's just so much misinformation. It's hard for me to read some articles online because of the lack of just uh, knowledge out there or the lack of accuracy. And I hate to say that because I wish there were some really great resources to direct you guys to. But again, it's kind of why I created this to just give some validation to the, the education But I want to say this, independent artists, you guys are not alone. Everything I'm talking about here is for major artists as well and major songwriters, people who have very established careers. I've worked with tons and tons of incredibly established songwriters and artists throughout my career, lawyers and managers and business managers, and the conversations I'm having with You guys here on the independent level, if you're an independent artist listening, are the same conversations I have with established people who've been in the industry a long time and have had tremendous success and still don't fully grasp these concepts and want to learn more. So I say that for the indie artists out there, you're not alone. This is an issue at no matter what kind of level you're at in your career. Education is key, so don't think that Once you get to a certain level in your career, this stuff isn't as important. No, it's incredibly important no matter where you are in your career. So, everything I'm talking about here is whether you're a major artist, an established artist, a lawyer, a manager, or somebody who's just starting out day one, all of this applies the exact same way. And none of you guys are alone. All right, just wanted to say that real quick. So, That being said, um, let's dive into music publishing. Uh, You've heard the term uh, a lot with me. I I talk about publishing, the publishing side. My background in the music industry has mainly been in the publishing side, although I started my career uh, as a musician and an artist and a songwriter. I then worked for record labels, but then the last 15 years or so has been in music publishing. Uh, I talk about this a little bit in episode zero, but just to give you a little background of kind of where I come from in the publishing world. I worked for an independent publishing company called Stage 3 Music. Back in the day, we had uh, amazing songwriters and catalogs from Aerosmith and ZZ Top to some real big country writers and hits during those years. And uh, that's where I got into royalties and I uh, ended up being there for a little over five years. The company was then sold uh, and that's why I left, but uh, I was head of royalties and mechanical licensing there. But then when the company was sold, I moved into to a new job working at a business management firm called Gelfand Rennerton Feldman. It's a, one of the largest firms in the world for business management. And I did music publishing administration there for uh, the in-house clients. And after that, uh, doing that for a few years, I then decided to start m- uh, my own publishing company, uh, was, which was called Drive Music Publishing, which I co-founded and ran for about seven years. And uh, which was an incredible journey, worked with so many amazing and talented uh, catalogs and songwriters and, and artists. So for me, music publishing has really been uh, my world. And through music publishing, you just learn so much about every area of the music industry because it all begins with the song. And that, my friends, is where we get into music publishing. So let's uh, just recap real quick, and uh, I talk about this pretty much in every episode, and I'm gonna keep talking about it, but there are two sides to a song. There's the sound recording side and the musical composition side. So today, we are talking about that musical composition side. So if you are a songwriter, this is for you. Now, real quick for independent artists who also write their own songs. For example, if you're a rapper, and you are recording your own songs. Uh, You're also writing your own songs. So you write a song, you write lyrics, then you record them. You are a songwriter and you are also a recording artist. But for the purposes of music publishing, we're talking about you as a songwriter. So what I want you to do, and I I just, I'm clearing this up because I get this all the time. If you are someone who writes your songs and records your own music, Do this really quick, just split yourself into two people today, right now. Split yourself into two people. Take your artist name, and that is your recording artist side. That's the sound recording side. So that's you as an artist. Then take your birth name, and that is you as a songwriter, okay? Split those into two different people right now. That's how you have to think of yourself, literally as two different people. So let's take the example of someone like Drake. Drake is a recording artist. Aubrey Graham is the songwriter. So when we're talking about music publishing, we're talking about Aubrey Graham. We're not even talking about the artist Drake. That has nothing to do with us right now. We're only talking about the songwriter, Aubrey Graham. And that's how I want you guys to think of yourselves if you are both the artist and the songwriter. Keep it as two separate people, okay? So in music publishing, we're just talking about that songwriter side. Now, when we uh, talk about the musical composition, this is, again, has, has to do with you writing the song. You, that's the lyrics, the melody, the uh, music, you know, this is um, all the things that make up that underlying composition, that original creative work before that song is even recorded. Who are the songwriters? Are you the songwriter? Did you write it with you? and someone else, meaning maybe you wrote the lyrics, someone else wrote the music, so there's two songwriters who made that song. Maybe you wrote a song and somebody else recorded it, so you wrote the song 100%. Maybe you just do the top line, maybe you just did the chorus, maybe you just did the drums, whatever it may be, if you contributed as a songwriter, then music publishing is important for you to know because that's the world we get into now. When we talk about the musical composition, and again, this is just recapping. You can go back and listen to these episodes. So just when we talk about that musical composition, not the sound recording, just the writing, that is split into two different components: the writer share and the publisher share. So that's how every musical composition is split. So if you wrote this song a hundred percent, your musical composition is split. You are 50% the writer and 50% the publisher. And that's why we get into publishing entities when you sign up with like ASCAP or BMI and you affiliate as a publisher and you have a publishing entity name. It's to represent that publishing side of your musical composition. So if you think about it visually, and I have a chart about this on Instagram too, think about it like a pie. And what you're just gonna do is draw a line down the middle And you're going to divide that pie into a writer side, half of it, and a publisher side, half of it. So I just want to create that visual for you. And that makes the total of a musical composition 50% writer, 50% publisher. If you write the song with two people, that means you're going to split the writer side in half and the publisher side in half. If you write with three or four or ten people, it can be split in any ways you guys decide and negotiate. But remember, everything is split between the writer side and the publisher side. And generally, whatever your split is on the writer side, it also is the same on the publisher side. In general, there are exceptions, but it's just an easy way to kind of visualize this. All right, so that being said, now that we're very clear on what the musical composition is and we talk about publishing Now we can talk about music publishing companies and what they do. So music publishing companies are responsible for representing your catalog, protecting your copyrights, and building the value of your music. That's what I believe. As a publisher myself, this is what the ethos is, the philosophy is of what a publisher should do. And there's a lot that goes with that. But they represent your catalog of musical compositions your copyrights, and they protect those, you know, because we we have a lot of rights under copyright law, so they protect those rights, and they build the value of your catalog. So that's what I want you to keep in mind when we talk about publishing companies. Now, it's funny because so many people, when I when I tell them I work in music publishing, they think publishing means like printed music, like I publish music into like music sheets, like sheet music. And it's just an antiquated term that uh, from how publishing really was about printing music way back in the day, but it can be confusing because publishing doesn't actually mean, you know, publishing sheet music in today's world, but we still use that terminology. So the way I always like to explain what music publishing is to people is I start off the conversation like this. I'm like, okay, When a song is created, it has a whole life to it. It is out there, it gets recorded, it gets played, it has this whole entire life, it generates money, and all these things happen with a song. You think about them on radio, you think about them being performed live, they're streaming, they're, you know, everywhere a song can be in lyrics, you can see lyrics everywhere, and songs take on a whole life all around the world, so... What music publishers do is they basically manage that life of the song. And if you have more than one song, then you have a catalog. And what music publishers do is manage that entire catalog. So a way to say music publishing is kind of a way to say catalog manager. And when uh, they ask me, you know, well, what does that mean? Well, anytime a song is used, there has to be a process. And I've talked about this before. So the process is whoever wants to use that song has to get permission from the person who wrote it to use it, and they have to get a license, so that's the one component, and two, they have to pay. So music publishers need to manage that process, and that can be an incredibly vast process when you're talking about songs globally, all over the world, in every single territory, in every single way a song is used. And every single version of a song is used. If there's 10,000 recordings of a certain song, you have to manage all that and make sure every use of all those thousands of recordings of that one song is coming back to the songwriter. So that's kind of one way to think about music publishing is that they kind of manage your catalog and all the uses and the licensing and the royalties and the collection in the monitoring and everything that has to do with your song catalog, a music publisher manages that they are the business of your song catalog. Just kind of a quick way to think about it now, because also there's so many types of deals that we're going to get into uh, that vary, but that's just a way to think about what music publishers do. So if you are a songwriter and you have this catalog of musical compositions, you are going to get a publishing deal and that music publisher is going to manage your catalog for you. Make sure you're getting paid. Make sure all your songs are protected. They're licensed and they're also going to do a lot of other cool creative things that we'll, we'll talk about shortly. But that's just what I want to first talk about in terms of music publishing. They manage your catalog of musical compositions. Now, there's a lot of companies that do this. There's the majors, obviously, like Universal and Warner Chapel and Sony ATV. These are the major publishing companies. And then there's tons of independent publishing companies that do the same thing. And then there's also another side of this that is handled by administration services. So when we talk about publishing, we also talk about the word administration, which also is kind of another term for management. So, you have publishing companies and you also have administration services. And these are like Song Trust or even in your distribution deals, like with TuneCore, you can have the option for them to administer your publishing. You can literally check a box and do it. So, these are kind of these like services to manage your publishing catalog. So, this administration can be handled by a music publishing company or an administration service, and I'll talk about the difference. So first, let's just talk about some basic deals, not gonna go too deep on it, I promise we'll do that later, but let's just talk about some basic deals. So first I wanna start with what's called the administration deal. And that is basically when you do a deal with a music publishing company or service, and they don't actually own any rights to your catalog. They don't own your songs. What they're doing is managing your catalog for a percentage of your income that you generate, of the royalty income. So basically, they'll uh, take it off the top, it's usually between 10 and 15%, it can be higher, it can be lower, but generally, the model is that there's no ownership there, but you'll sign with a company or a service and they'll do all the royalty collection and all the licensing and all the registrations and handle everything for your catalog for a percentage of the income. And that just again comes right off the top. And this type of deal extends itself to all different types of songwriters and catalog. It's not exclusive to indie or major. It really depends on do you want to retain the ownership of your catalog or not? And that's really the main focus. Do you want to own a hundred percent of your rights? So we'll talk I'll talk about two quick scenarios. One Say you're uh, an established songwriter and you've had a lot of success and you're generating a lot of money with your publishing catalog and you want to own 100% of your rights because that's just what you believe. You don't want to sell any portion of your catalog or give up any portion of your catalog. So you want to maintain 100% ownership of your catalog. What you will do is an administration deal with a company and they'll manage your catalog and just take that fee off the top. So you'll probably do a deal. It'll probably be a few years, two, three years, four years, five years. It really depends, but about three years is standard. And uh, it'll just be an administration deal. They'll represent your, the music publishing company will represent your catalog and you retain all ownership that, and that's great for a lot of people that just are totally happy with that, run a great business or successful and really wanna value their catalog and their ownership. Now, another way to look at administration is if you're an independent writer and you maybe uh, don't have a music publishing company that necessarily wants to take you on because it's common that you know if you don't generate a certain amount of income or a certain amount of success, it may be tough to land an administration deal with a major publisher or even an independent publisher. Uh, because you know they may be looking for more established people, so if you're not generating the type of income that they may require, then your option is to use an administration service. So that can be like Song Trust. So when you're looking at Song Trust and you hear about Song Trust, that's what they are. They're an administration service that you can sign up and they'll do the administration. They usually require a fee up front. I think it's $100. You could usually get that discounted. I know a lot of people have, um, or even waived. But generally, they'll uh, you'll, you'll pay them the fee, the upfront fee, and uh, they'll just take 15% of your income. But they'll manage your catalog, so you don't have to do all that work and learn how to administer your own catalog. So it's a great option for independent songwriters that you know, aren't at the place yet to get a publishing deal uh, or an administration deal with a bigger publisher, but still need the administration to happen because they need to collect all their royalties. So that's what SongTrust does. And the same with something like when you opt into TuneCore, when they say opt into your publishing here, that means they're going to administer your publishing catalog just for that fee, that 15% fee or 10% fee. So that's another form of where administration happens. So if you don't have one of those options, if you're not with a company, a music publishing company, or you don't have an administration service representing your catalog, then you're likely not collecting all your royalties. Now, do you absolutely need a company to do this for you? No. Can you do it on your own? Yes. Is it complicated? Yes, very. Can it be expensive? Yes, can it be timely? Yes. So, this is why I recommend having an administration company or service do this for you. Because I'll I'll walk you through how to do how to administer your catalog from A to Z throughout this podcast, but there's so many nuances and there's so many uh, things that you have to really deeply understand, which you definitely can. But as creators, it diverts your time away from creating. It diverts your time away from songwriting. And do you really want to spend your time in ministering the business of your own catalog and take time away from doing what you truly do best, which is writing song, perfecting your craft and getting out there? You know, or just have a company that really you know has the expertise to do this, and you're just uh, giving them a percentage of the income. So that's just something to think about. But yes, you can do this yourself. It just requires um, a ton of work, but it's totally possible, and um, just requires uh, a lot to know. So, when someone tells you, "Oh, you can't administer your catalog on your own," you can say you can. You're just choosing not to because you'd rather spend your time creating and want an expert company doing it for you. That's really the correct answer. So, that's what administration is. So, again, it, you know, if you're an independent writer and uh, you don't have any of that going on for you right now, I suggest when you stop listening to this episode or even right now if you're by a computer, Look into song trust. Uh, look into your distributor if they have administration options, or if you're in a place where you are generating, you know, some significant income, and you want to maybe shop for an administration deal or even a publishing deal, you can start doing that. But get that get get the ball rolling there because if not, you are leaving money on the table. Now, another type of deal is called a co-publishing deal. That's another very popular term. So a co-publishing deal. Is when you do a deal with a music publishing company and they actually uh, own 50% of the publishing side of your compositions. So again, going back to that kind of uh, pie that we were talking about earlier where 50% is the writer, 50% is the publisher side. What a publishing company is going to do in a co-publishing deal is retain half of that Publishing side, meaning they're going to own 25% of your total musical composition of all the earnings. So if you make $1, they get 25 cents, you get 75 cents. That's how the money would flow. But more importantly than the money is they actually own a piece of your musical composition, a piece of that song. They own it. Remember, an administration deal, there's no ownership. You retain 100%. A co publishing deal, you do give up a percentage of your publishing, a percentage of each song. Think of it like this. You have a house and uh, you own the whole house. But when you do a co-publishing deal, you're giving them uh, 25% of your house that they own of your property. So that's the real difference in administration versus co-publishing is the exchange of ownership. That's what you're giving up. Now, people ask, well, why would I do that? There's a ton of benefits to it. Look, there's a lot of people that say never do it, but I'll tell you there are benefits to everything here. And um some people do it because they get a large advance up front. They get, you know, you can often get a very significant advance when you're doing a co-publishing deal and sometimes they do that. Sometimes they want a deeper partnership with a music publishing company where you know, not all songwriters are artists. Songwriters there's most songwriters write for other people. They aren't artists. And what a music publishing company is is going to help you do is they're going to help get your songs with, you know, recorded by artists. They're going to help build the, your profile. They're going to get you in different writing rooms and really help you boost your career. So they look at it like a partnership. And for that, you both share in the ownership of the songs that you create under that deal. So I'll, again, I'll be talking way more about this later. But just in general, you know, people do get scared of like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, don't do a co-publishing deal because you're giving up ownership. No, they may be some of the best deals that you can do. It really just depends on where you are in your career, what your goals are, what type of you know, you know, things you want to get into in in terms of your business. There's always benefits to things depending on where you are in your career. So. Don't just get scared by, you know, people saying own all your rights. Sometimes that isn't always the best move for really what you want to do in your career. And I'm sure that's probably a controversial statement for some people, but I think co-publishing deals uh, have been great for a lot of writers um, in general and have done a lot for people. But I've also seen them on the other side too and, uh, you know, writers not benefit. So again, just be open-minded and really understand the more you understand how these kind of deals work the better choices you can make for your own very personal career. No judgment, all right? So, uh, but that's a co-publishing deal. Now there's uh, another type of deal that's common too, and this is the last kind of deal type I'll talk about here, is it's called an individual song deal. Now with that, the way that differs than a co-publishing deal is that the publishing company often in an individual song or also known as a single song deal what they're going to do is take all of the publishing side. So again, when we think about that pie split into the writer share and the publisher share 50-50, instead of a co-pub uh, co-pub deal where they only take 50% of the publishing side, in a single song deal, they're usually going to take all of the publishing side and you just retain your writer share. And the reason they do that is because Usually in co-publishing deals, you're doing uh, deals for all the songs written during a term. Um, that term can be five years, it could be seven years, it could be three years, uh, but you're doing it for kind of a catalog-wide type thing. When you do an individual song deal, it's kind of like a one-off. So because a publishing company isn't really retaining you know, a lot of different songs under a, a term, they're... For, for them and their risk and kind of their involvement, they usually require to, to own all of your publishing share. And uh, some people like that because they don't like being tied to a catalog-wide deal. It gives them more flexibility. It allows them to work with, you know, many more artists or different writers. And they just like that better. So, uh, again, there's pros and cons with everything. But that's kind of the other type of deal that you'll hear is that single song deal. So that just breaks out the different types of deals. Now, I talked about deals because a publishing company functions a little bit differently depending on the deal you have, even though they all do kind of like a blanket of the same thing. Depending on what deal you have, there's going to be different things that they work on. So first, when we talk about administration, let's just start there. Publishing companies, again, they're going to manage your whole catalog. So Whenever your song wants to get used in a TV show, they're going to do the licensing. They'll also pitch your songs for TV shows and film and commercials and ads. They're going to want to do those things creatively. That's part of the creative process is trying to get sync placements. That's a, a big part, maybe a video game. You know, different ways your catalog and your songs can be used in the visual, the audiovisual world. So that's on the creative side. Now they're also, so they'll handle all the licensing, they'll do the negotiations, they'll pitch, they'll work creatively, all that stuff. They'll also do all the mechanical licensing. So anytime your song is recorded and mechanical licenses need to be issued, they handle that. They also represent your songs globally. So a lot of, Publishing companies, if not all of them, use what are called sub-publishers. sub are basically publishing companies, but in other territories throughout the world. So they're like partnerships with the U.S. publishers. So if you do a deal with a music publisher in the U.S., that publisher is going to have sub-publishing deals with other companies that represent your catalog in those specific territories. Um, And that's really important because there's different types of income. You want feet on the ground in those territories. There's different societies. There's a lot of different things that happen in all the territories throughout the world, the major markets, the not so major, you know, but you want to make sure that you have representatives and publishers in those countries representing your catalogs. So that's what sub publishers are for. And that's what you get when you do a publishing deal. When you sign up with your publisher, you automatically get all those sub-publishers in your deal that they use, that they have partnerships with representing your catalog. You don't have to do individual sub-publishing deals. So again, like you sign up with Sony uh, or you do do a deal with Sony, they're representing your catalog all throughout the world with their partnerships and the Sonys and all those different territories. So again, that's, you know, on the administration side, they're also going to collect all your royalties, which is a huge, huge thing. So they have to, you know, monitor, monetize and collect all your royalties earned in every country throughout the world for every way that song is earned. They have to track it. They have to report it. They have to pay it out. So that's a huge administration uh, task is handling the royalty side. Now they also do all the registrations. They register your song with the copyright office. So it's protected. Um, And they, you know, protect your songs from infringement. So if your song is being used uh, without your permission, say, you know, your song maybe got, uh, you know, used as part of a sample or maybe it was used in a TV show without your permission or someone made a recording of it without your permission or it's unlicensed, all those things that can go wrong with your song, they will handle that. They handle all that infringement stuff and handle the legal side of it because they represent your catalog. They represent your rights. They act as your catalog. And so anything that happens with your catalog, they're going to do. And you get all of that in an administration deal. So it's it doesn't differ, you know, when you talk about the deals of administration or co-publishing or individual song. However that song is on that side, it, you get all the same services. It's not like one service for this deal, another service for that deal. This is what publishing companies do. They manage your catalog full scale for everything and anything that happens with your song. All right, generally, and um, you know there may be some limitations here. Or here, there may be some things excluded. Really rare. Um, you know, there, there's things like theatrical, meaning there's a, a, an area called grand rights where your song is like used in plays. Sometimes that can be excluded. But um, just from a general sense, think about publishing companies and administration. The administration part is handling all the licensing, all the royalties, everything that goes with your song. Now, in co-publishing deals, some other things they do really has, has to be on the creative side. So this can extend to, you know, uh, songwriting camps, songwriting sessions with other writers, uh, linking you for different pitches where you write a song maybe for Rihanna's looking for songs or Beyonce or any other artist is looking for songs for the next album that they want to cut and uh, you want to have your song, you know, pitched for that. So that happens with a lot of producers. Um, But, you know, co-writes, pitches, placements, anywhere where you as a songwriter can get your songs recorded by major recording artists, that's all going to happen with the publishers. The publishers have relationships with other writers, with artists, with record labels, A&Rs, all different managers, all different types of people. So when you're signed to a co-publishing deal, a big part of it is that you have to write the songs, but their goal is to get your songs recorded because again, not all songwriters are actually artists. So if you're writing a song and you're not an artist, the only way that you're really going to get money is that your song needs to be recorded by an artist. So you're hoping that you can write a song and Justin Bieber records it, uh, or you even co-write a song and Justin Bieber records it, or anyone, any major artist. But that's the goal because uh, without a song being recorded, it really doesn't have much value. So a lot of songwriters do co-publishing deals because they, that's the type of service they want. They want to get into songwriting sessions. They want to write with other people. They want to have opportunities for their songs to be recorded by major artists because that's how they're going to build their catalog. So those are the benefits when you do a co-publishing deal and that happens, a lot of that work happens at the publishing level when they represent songwriters, linking songwriters with artists and also other writers to create just great songs. A lot of producers do co-publishing deals because generally producers uh, write the music. They create the beat. They create the the track, the music of it. And they need writers to write top lines, to write verses, to uh, write melodies, all these other things that happen uh, in the lyric side of this. And so producers need to link up with other writers often. A lot of producers are trying to get into different writing camps and writing sessions where they can work with songwriters to make whole, complete songs that they can then pitch to recording artists. Um, A lot of producers also write with artists because a lot of artists are songwriters, like a lot of rappers or even some singers. So if you're a producer, your publisher is often going to try to get you into sessions with artists as well who also write their songs. So when you do that co-publishing deal, a big incentive for publishers to do this, to amplify your career in this way to get you into these different sessions and give you these opportunities uh, if you can't get them on your own. When this type of work they do, that's why they want to retain 50% of your publishing. They want to own it because that's their investment. Also, in co-publishing deals, they do give you that advance. That's a, a big part. In administration deals, although you can often get advances for administration deals, they don't necessarily always require them. A lot of people don't do take advances with administration deals because they don't want to have to recoup or they want a better split. In co-publishing deals, honestly, I can't even think of a co-publishing deal I've seen that has not had an advance. So that's a huge difference that, uh, and I've seen tons of administration deals that don't have advances. So that's a big uh, proponent as well. When you do a co-publishing deal, when you are giving your uh, you know, a piece of your publishing up, uh, that ownership up to the publishing company, it is often going to warrant an advance. And the way that the publishing company is going to make that money back that they just advanced you is by getting you in these sessions and getting your songs out there with, for the opportunity to be recorded by some major artists. Um, and that's how they build your career. So And also, you should just know too that um, co publishing deals aren't necessarily exclusive to just songwriters who are not artists or songwriters who are trying to get their songs recorded by artists. Co publishing deals can be for everybody. There's a lot of bands that do co publishing deals, there's a lot of artists who write their own stuff that do co publishing deals. It's a deal for everybody. It's just common for writers who aren't artists because they want to get their songs recorded. But look, at the end of the day, publishers want to invest in you and they want to own copyrights. They get a lot of value by owning copyrights. Uh, They get market share uh, and it helps their overall business to actually have an ownership in your copyrights. And they're willing to make an investment into you to do that in the form of the advance. So, Publishers will do that, will always want to offer co-publishing deals because it's an it's a overall kind of more valuable deal for them and can often be a, a higher amount of money for you from an advanced standpoint, and they're willing to make that investment. So again, co-publishing deals can be incredibly dynamic in a lot of different ways, and they're not just exclusive to you know, songwriters only who are trying to get placements. Now, with that said, um, and just on the topic of kind of, you know, owning copyrights, another aspect of what publishers will do is they'll acquire catalogs and you'll hear acquisition or publishing companies acquiring catalogs or purchasing catalogs of music. That's another area that music publishers will invest in when a songwriter is ready to sell their catalog or an estate or when a, whenever a catalog is up for sale because catalogs can be sold, they're assets. So music publishing companies want to buy those assets. They want to buy those copyrights. It's their core business. They know how to build value. They know how to administer. They have everything in place. So this can be a great investment for them. So when somebody does sell their catalog, they want to be the ones that can purchase it and add it to their overall repertoire. So that's an important point to know Um, just in thinking about another way music publishing companies function. And there's all different types of ways you can structure these deals. There's a lot of different things you can do. There's no one way of making a publishing deal work for you. It really just depends on kind of where you are in your career, what goals you have, and what's really going to be the best uh, partnership and move for you to do at that time. So give it some thought. Uh, Think about where you are right now and think about where you want to be or where you kind of expect to be in a year from now or two years from now. But just be aware of, you know, the different types of deals and options there are for you when it comes to your catalog of music. And um, that's the, the best kind of general sense I can, you know, give to you guys. If you have questions about wanting to know more about publishing deals, if you're maybe being offered deals right now and you're not sure uh, what they really mean and you just want to talk it out. If you are someone, maybe you are not an artist or songwriter and you're someone who's starting a publishing company and you want to maybe get some insight onto you know, what type of deals uh, you want to do or what types of songwriters you want to sign and how you want to structure things. I'm happy to talk about some of that stuff. You know. There's, again, so many different ways you can look at this depending on um, you know, what is on the table and what opportunity is there. So hopefully this gave you a brief introduction to music publishing, why it's important, why you should have a company representing your catalog, the different things they do, the benefits that you can get from them, and kind of give you a sense to ch- kind of check yourself at where you're at in your career and what you want to be doing. So again, that being said, if you have any questions, hit me up. Uh, You can DM me. You can find me on the internet. I'm I'm all there. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast too so you can stay up to date with all this great little content that we're talking about. But until then, thank you guys again for listening. This has been an incredible ride so far. Let's keep it going and I will see you guys on the next episode.